Welcome to the podcast version of Police Science Doctor, the online resource bridging the gap between research and investigative practice. For police personnel who go the extra mile. For academics who want to connect better with investigative practitioners. On YouTube and on policesciencedoctor.com. Next one. That's um, Dr. Jacqueline Drew, um, an amazing acad academic from um, Australia. So she's a police psychologist and has been doing this for about 20 years. And um, she's actually starting a three-year research project that is going to do some pioneering work. And um, I'm going to play you her talk now. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Drew from the School of Criminology and Criminal Justice at Griffith University. I have over 20 years of experience as a practitioner and a researcher working in the psychology of policing. So when we think about the mental health of our police, our mind immediately really goes to the traumatic events that our police officers experience. So it might be attending a suicide, a fatal road or traffic accident, uh, child abuse, or the physical dangers that our police face at the hands of offenders. And that's what we conceptualise as trauma or critical incident stress. But there's actually a couple of other factors that we really need to understand and think about much more. So the other factors include uh, operational stress, which causes significant psychological harm. Operational stress are those things like shift work, disrupted eating and sleeping patterns, and also having unreasonable workloads, for instance. The other group of factors which I'm really interested in and we need to learn much more about is organisational factors, and they cause a lot of harm as well. These are things like leadership in our agency and supervision, uh, feelings that the organisation's not just and fair in the way they deal with employees, feeling unsupported by police agencies, are key elements of stress that police, police experience on a day-to-day -day basis. So while we know that trauma is really prevalent and impactful in policing, and we can see that, because we see the level of post-traumatic stress and the levels of PTSD that our, we have in our police populations. We now have really a growing evidence base that suggests that these operational and organisational factors are potentially causing even more harm than critical incidents and traditional trauma of policing. What they found is that non-traumatic stresses are close to twice as likely to be stronger and more harmful than those traumatic factors that lead to things like depression and anxiety. So non-traumatic stress is much more strongly associated with poor mental health outcomes than traumatic exposures. So what that is telling us is that what is harming our police officers the most is actually the organisation and the job factors associated with policing opposed to our traditional view that it is all about trauma. Trauma exposure in policing is inherent. It's always going to be part of the job. It can't be avoided by frontline officers. There's things we can do to help protect our officers, but we can't avoid trauma. Traumatic stresses are relatively unavoidable, but operational and organisational factors that cause harm, and as I've just said, cause more harm sometimes than trauma, can actually be changed and adapted and fixed by an organisation. So in a conversation with a police officer that, that was really enlightening to me, uh, looking at the, the research that I was moving into around the organisational impacts uh, in policing on mental health of police officers, uh, a police officer related a story to me. 
he said to me that he had attended a very traumatic incident and there was a death in custody um, under his watch. And he was talking about it as the most stressful experience of his career. As we talked more and unpacked that stress that he had experienced, I could see he actually had a light bulb moment. So he looked at me and he said, now I'm talking about it more to you and I haven't really talked about it before. I understand actually that it, it wasn't the death in custody that affected me the most. It wasn't that trauma. Um, it did affect me. But what was most impactful in terms of psychological harm was actually the way I was treated by the agency. The investigation that happened by the agency, a leader that was very unsupportive of the stress that he was going through, and colleagues that also uh, didn't support him during that time. So it was interesting to see, and, and it really, I guess, was a light bulb moment for me as well, to, to understand how traditional trauma can be exacerbated, it can overtake, and it actually can be more harmful than an original trauma uh, when you layer on poor organisational systems and in particular, poor organisational leadership uh, where the officer doesn't feel supported by their agency. Well, I have to say this this blew my mind when um, Jackie first told me about this. Um, I was not aware of that. I was not aware of the fact that this these um, organizational stresses are much more harmful than the actual yeah. trauma that uh, police officers experience. And she has a great example there. You know, a guy was um, on on duty and he was in charge when the death in custody occurred. What was much worse for him than the the death in custody was how he was being treated by the organization. So that is something the organization can change. And, you know, we mentioned earlier when, we was, when Janine was talking, we can't remove the stress you're going to, going to experience as a police officer, but we can remove the, all the crap that we're then putting onto you um, on top of that as well. And um, Jackie also told me that um, she was actually in, she, she actually found some research where people who, who are involved in viewing indecent images of children, for example, you know, getting back to that topic, even though what they look at is really traumatic, their mental health um, tends to be better than that of some of the other officers because their role is very much respected within the organization and outside of the organization and is respected by the community and they have good leadership. So that's, that really gives you some food for thought for, you know, how come we can look after those officers doing this horrible job? We can't look after the other officers doing that other hor horrible job. Um, Jeannie, any observations? Yes, certainly. I think I think Jackie is absolutely right. I think um, certainly my stress and even even putting down my, my my thoughts of suicide years and years ago was more about operational stress and organisational factors than ever it was about any of the trauma I witnessed. Um, and I think you will very often when you when you speak to cops and certainly um, it was always my experience as a police officer and I, I still get it now even as a as a coach helping police officers. Um, you know, when, when something goes wrong, the organization is like a, is like rats leaving a sinking ship uh, and the, the officer is isolated. They're automatically thought of as guilty um, as opposed to being innocent until proven guilty. And I think that's very much a, a feeling that, that, that runs through police officers and police staff in the organization. And that's absolutely something that can be changed. And I think it's, it's time the organization need to step up. And they need to start leading from the front and great leaders lead from the front. And I think that's what the organization needs as a whole. Um, and I think it needs to be um, something that we can talk about openly in an organization. 
Um, with so many people in the world suffering mental health, why do we assume that cops don't? And why do we assume that cops can't speak about it? I think we need to get past this organisational um, culture that, you know, we're, we're, we're tough, we're, we're the ones that help. We don't need that. Well, that's rubbish. Um, and I'm, I'm a living example of that. That's absolute rubbish. I don't consider myself weak, vulnerable, um, or, or, or a weak link as a cop. Um, I was a good police officer. But the best of us fall by the wayside when we're not getting supported. And I think, you know, the worst the worst feeling in the world is to go from being someone who's respected as a human being to being a collar number, a shoulder number. And I think there's far too much of that. And I think we need to get away from that. And we need to remember that we treat members of the public with transparency and integrity uh, and we support them and we protect them. Well, do you know what? The people who are working in your uniforms are identical to those people in the in the, in the public. They need the transparency, the integrity, the support and the care for them as well. Um, so I, I think it's great that, that Jackie brought that up. And for me, for sure, most of my stress uh, is absolutely down to those two things as opposed to the trauma side of it. Absolutely. Um, wouldn't argue with that at all. So there's a number of things that we know at an individual level seem to have quite good evidence and seem to work well in policing. So we know that resiliency training and resiliency work with police is really quite effective. So the ability to cope with and recover from those negative um, workplace stresses, uh, particularly traditional trauma um, resiliency is, is useful for. So it, it provides a way to combat stress and be better prepared for the stress you're inevitably going to experience as a police officer. There's also some really good research around positive psychology. And positive psychology teaches us the power of shifting our perspective. So learning more optimism, uh, learning more gratitude, um, and the simple actions of having optimism and gratitude can actually shift our perspective and the outcomes we experience um, in terms of well-being and psychological health quite significantly. But when I think about positive psychology, I know that we have a real challenge in policing to implement these interventions, which if, we, if we're successful in implementing them, I think they'll have good outcomes. The reason I say it's a challenge is that the policing culture is so much characterised by negativity and pessimism. So introducing a positive psychology frame perhaps is even more of a challenge than in most other organisations because of the cultural overlay that we have in policing. We also know that middle managers are likely to be the ones with the poorest well-being and mental health in our organisations. So given the fact they have such a large and impactful responsibility in policing, we really need first to take care of our middle, ma middle managers and our middle leaders, those that are in the middle of the organisation that have strong, such strong responsibility. So we need to care and support them and we firstly need to help them with their well-being. It's only then, I believe, that we can then approach those middle managers and ask, ask them and educate them and train them to be better leaders and ask them to support the troops that are below them. Much of what's driving police wellbeing is within our control. We can't control trauma. We can make police officers resilient. We certainly can eliminate the major source of harm and that's our organisations itself and the people that create those organizations. So interesting that it's the 
um, resilience training and positive psychology that can really help. And obviously working on the organization to remove those organizational stresses that the le poor leadership puts on them. And I find it interesting that everything that is making things bad in policing and mental health is that macho stuff. And everything that is making things better is what we used to call pink and fluffy, but it's actually maybe just a better skill set that we're only now recognizing slowly that humans need. Jenny. Yeah, for sure. I think we need to get every officer and every member of staff educated around stress um, and mental health. I think we need to give them the tools and techniques they need to become more resilient. And for sure, middle managers absolutely need to be um, better equipped to handle officers who come to them who are who are struggling and, and, and are having problems. For sure, my experience wasn't great with middle managers, and this is no criticism of them. The organisation has not given them the tools they need. So I think it's, again, it's lead from the front. Let's give the everybody in the organisation what they need and but particularly look at the middle managers so they are better equipped to support their staff and point them into the right direction. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this content useful. You can get access to each episode's transcript with key learning points, timestamps and references if you get yourself onto my mailing list. Just go to the main website on policesciencedoctor.com and on the bottom of each page you will find a sign-up form for notifications of new content. Just enter your first name, your preferred email address and the type of organization you work for. You will not get any spam, this is just for me to let you know about new content and for you to get access to all the transcripts.